So again, we thank God for music ministry. Can we put our hands together and bless God for music ministry? Amen. Amen. Union Wesley, I want to call your attention back to a portion of scripture uh, that was read for your hearing from 1 Samuel chapter 16. I believe verses 14 through 21 were read for your hearing. I want to look again at a very short portion of text, verse number 17. Verse 17 of chapter 16, uh, it, it says this in the NIV. So Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well, bring him to me. Find someone who plays well, bring him to me. Union Wesley, I wanna, I wanna tag this text today with a simple thought uh, and the simple thought this morning is this he anointed me to do this I said he anointed me to do this can you look at your neighbor look at your seat partner and tell them he anointed me to do this come on say it like you really believe it he anointed me to do this amen I don't know about you but I'm saying he anointed me yeah he, he anointed me to do this amen amen come on Union Wesley let's let's go to work uh, on this text for us today his name was William Edward Burgard Du Bois we call him W.E.B. Du Bois, but his name was William Edward Burgard Du Bois. He was known for a small pamphlet or treatise that he wrote entitled The Talented Tenth. Anybody ever heard that before? The, the, amen, I got some witnesses. The Talented Tenth. In this piece, Du Bois says that 10% of black folk who get an education do not get an education for themselves. Du Bois challenged the 10% of black folk to get an education. He says, listen, you, you've got some responsibility to go back to your own neighborhood and to bless other black folk with the education that you were privileged to receive. The boys believe that to whom much is given, much is required. This was not about leaving the black community and leaving those in the black community to fend for themselves. No, the boys believe that those who had matriculated and had received education they had a responsibility to make things better. He believed that they had an assignment that was theirs to carry it out and fulfill it. Union Wesley, I don't know if you know it or not, but, but God has an assignment for each and every one of us.
God does not wake us up every morning just for us to meander around like we ain't got nothing on the earth to do. Hear me, God has given his people an assignment. Are you listening to me, Union Wesley? I said, God has given his people an assignment. Your assignment in the kingdom of God is to build up for the glory of God Almighty. Your assignment in the kingdom of God is about building up something good and not tearing everything down. Are y'all listening to me today? It's about building up that which is godly. Building up that which God is calling us to do. Hear me, our assignment is about edifying what God wants us to edify. Our assignment is an assignment of liberation. Our assignment is not an assignment of bondage and captivity. But our assignment is one to set the captives free. And hear me, Union Wesley, the hardest folk to liberate are folk that think they're already liberated. Hear me, and a whole lot of people think that they're already liberated, but I got news for you. You're really not liberated until God says so. Are you listening to me, Union Wesley? Satan has an assignment too. And his assignment is to cause us not to fulfill the assignment that God has placed in our hands. Satan does not just react to you and I as a person, but he reacts to your purpose and your assignment from God. He was not, or it was not Jesus the person that Satan was after. He was after his assignment. He was after what God had sent him here on planet earth to do. He was after Jesus' assignment. Hear me, your assignment is a threat to the adversary or the enemy. And hear me, everybody in here should be a threat to the plans of the enemy. Satan's goal is to throw us off course or to get us distracted. When now we're fooling around with stuff that really ain't that important anyway. Where we fussing about 10 cents when really God has billions that he wants us to conquer. We get so distracted, and I'm telling you, that is the assignment of the enemy to cause us to become distracted to the point that we do not complete the assignment that God has given us. Satan's goal is to frustrate you. Hear me, I'm trying to help somebody. That's why when you find yourself being frustrated in some area, some arena of your life, you better know that the adversary is on his assignment. His job is to get you flustered. His job is to get you frustrated because he's hoping that you'll throw up both your hands and say, I just quit. His assignment is to distract us.
His assignment is to make you so mad that you and I don't complete the assignment that God had given us to do. Are you listening to me, Union Wesley? Uh, there are four kinds of people. These aren't my points, but let me, let me run through them real quick. There are four kinds of people against your assignment. Four kinds of people because, hear me, the enemy will use whoever allows himself to be used. He'll use whoever makes themselves available. He'll use them. So don't be surprised at some of the people that the enemy uses. I want to talk about real quickly four kinds of people that try to keep you from your assignment. The first type of person are those who really don't accept their assignment from the Lord. Hear me, they look at your history. They look at your past mistakes, your slip-ups, and your mess-ups. And they reach the conclusion that your dreams and your goals are just a joke. Because they calculate your ability based on what you have been through and based on what perhaps you may not have ever done. That is why you and I must condition ourselves and be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you allow to whisper in your ear. Be careful of who always is texting you and Facebooking you. Be careful of who always is waving at you on Facebook. Because I'm here to tell you everybody doesn't mean you any good. And everybody doesn't want to see you accomplish the assignment that God has given you. Can I give you another kind of person? The second kind of person are those who love you, but they don't respect the assignment that God has given you. Catch me somebody, I said they love you, but they do not respect the assignment that God has given you. Do you know that people can love you and not respect what God has called you and what God has told you to do. Listen, some of the folk that love you the most will be the very ones trying to talk you out of doing what God told you to do. Listen, you remember Peter when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. He loved Jesus so much that Peter said, No, Lord, you can't wash my feet. Peter's love for Jesus in that moment did not accept the assignment that Jesus had. People can love you and not respect the assignment. They'll try to talk you out of what God has clearly told you to do. Sometimes we try to talk them out of it because we want them to do what we see for their future. But hear me, just because that's what you see does not mean that's what God sees for my future. Can I give you another one, Union Wesley? The third kind of person is those who don't expect you to achieve your assignment. They don't expect you to achieve your assignment. Those who pray for you, so they say. But don't expect you to do nothing. They say they praying for you on the one hand, but they talking against it on the other hand. Somebody listen to me today. They pat you on the back on the one hand, but then they don't mean the pat on the back or the words that come out of their mouth. If they really
the God that you serve, they would understand that the God that you and I serve can make a rock cry out. The God that you and I serve can make a donkey talk. The God that you and I serve can make waves and wind hush and be still. And if God can use all of that, then I believe that God is able to use me. And God is able to use you. Hear me, it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what anybody else's opinion might be. God can still use you. Somebody needs to say amen. amen. I'm so glad that God does not check with other people for an endorsement to our assignment. Listen, I'm so glad that when God gets ready to use you and me, God doesn't need a letter of reference. God does not need a letter of reference from a family member, from a past employee, or a former professor at a class or a school that you attended. Hear me, God knows who you are. God knows where you've been. And hear me, God knows every mistake that you have made. But still, God says, I want to use you in spite of your past, in spite of your mistakes, and in spite of who says, I ought not use you. But can I give you a fourth one real quick, Union Wesley? Fourth kind of person the enemy wants to use are those who will not protect their assignment. They won't protect their assignment. Hear me, Union Wesley, what you respect you will protect I said what you respect you will protect here is somebody that's married if he or she respects you he or she will protect you hear me mamas and daddies if we respect our children we will protect our children. I don't know about you, but my mother didn't let us go over just anybody's house. Mama didn't let just anybody watch her children because mama wanted to make sure that wherever she sent you, you were going to be protected wherever you went. Hear me, if you respect the ministry, you will protect the ministry what you respect you will protect somebody wonder why some people treat you like they do somebody wonder why some people treat you like a doormat y'all heard me talk about that a few weeks ago where they just wipe their feet on you hear me they don't respect you reason they treat you like they treat you reason they say what they say is because they don't respect you because hear me, you can't say what you want to say if you respect me and then turn around and treat me like dirt. You can't tell me that you love me and then treat me as if everything else but that you love me. No, 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 no. And then, and then giggle and laugh when somebody else is talking about me, when somebody else is running me down. But wait a minute, you said that you love me. Hear me, if you love me, you'll respect me. 
and if you respect me you'll protect me hear me don't give me that garbage that you love me and then you don't respect me and then you don't protect me hear me you and I must be careful everybody that say I love you don't really love you you and Wesley did you know that there's some kind of fish called uh it's called it's called a sucker fish and a sucker fish latches hold the shark and eat whatever the shark is eating they call it a sucker fish I want you to understand you got sucker fish in your own family you got sucker fish on your job and guess what you got sucker fish in the church of Jesus Christ that will latch on so that they might feed from what it is you have every Everybody that says they love you don't love you are you with me respecting a person doesn't mean that you are ignorant to their personal flaws are you listening to me Union Wesley I, I, I said that respecting a person doesn't mean that you are ignorant to their personal flaws listen to me this morning the closer you get to somebody the more you realize that they ain't perfect. Hear me, the, the closer you get to somebody. Now listen, if you keep your relationship on the peripheral and you don't get close, then you don't see nothing. But the closer I get to you, the closer or the more I see your imperfections and I see your flaws. That's why folk that are married. I ain't talking about somebody just got married last week or been married a month. But I'm talking about somebody who's been married for a while. There's some things you know about your, your, your spouse. There are some things that you know about your husband. There are some things that you know about your wife that nobody else on the planet knows because of how close you are to him and how close you are to her. Now listen, don't say amen that loud. But listen, you know I'm right. There's some things that you know that nobody else knows. I'm here to tell you, the closer you get to people, the more you realize they ain't perfect and the more you see their flaws. They cute, but they got flaws. He's buffed and built, but he's got flaws. Listen, she is in the words of earth, wind, and fire, a brick house but she's got flaws smart degree but they got flaws hear me everybody that's breathing has flaws so listen we can act like we don't and that's all right but but please understand that all of us up in here has flaws and we're not perfect and the closer you get to people the more you're able to see their flaws Amen. hear me that's that's the nature or the tenor of our texts Saul has been disobedient to the Lord so the Lord has allowed an evil spirit to come upon him Saul is still in position of king but God has taken the assignment from Saul and has given Saul's assignment to David Saul is in the position but he doesn't have the anointing for the position 
that he got. See, hear me somebody, you can be in the position all you want to. You can have the title all you want to, but this text teaches us that I can have position but not have anointing. I can be in the place but not be the one that God wants to use. This text lets us know, again, that you can be in position. And you ain't got no anointing whatsoever. To be in the position to have the title that you got. So what? You pastor. If you ain't got the anointing, it ain't going to amount to a hill of beans. So what if you're the president of this? So what if you're the leader of that? If you don't have the anointing from God, ain't nothing going to happen. It'll be just as dead as a doorknob and nothing will come to fruition. Because you can be in position but not have anointing. Hear me because Saul's evil spirit, his leaders say we need, to, we need to find somebody that can be an assistant to Saul, the king. So he can function, that's in verse 6, got to find somebody who can assist King Saul so that he can function. It's in verse 6. Hear me, I don't want to focus on the evil spirit taking possession of Saul. I want to focus on this text where it says, let us find somebody that can help Saul so that he can function. That's, that's where I want to zero on today. These, these leaders of Saul want to help Saul function by finding somebody who can help him so he can function better than the way he's functioning right now. Anybody know that you need people around you that can help you? Listen, nobody can do it all by themselves. You and I need people around us that can help us to function better. You don't need just any old Tom, Dick, or Harry, but you don't need just any Sally or Sue. You need some people that God can bring into your life to assist you and to help you so that you can function better. I don't need people in my life that just want to help me keep the status quo. I do not need people in my life that just want to help me to keep doing what I always have been doing. I don't need people in my life to help me to keep business as usual I don't need people in my life that don't want to see change in my life I need people in my life you need people in your life that want to assist you and help you so that you can function better and do what God wants you to do I need people around me that can help me to function better and everybody everybody can't help me but I'm after those who can who can help me in my life I'm after those who can help me in my team I'm after those who can help me and my ministry my organization I'm after those that can help me to function better these are people that that don't always agree with everything I said Hear me, sometimes when we, what we do is we allow ourselves to be surrounded by people uh, that, that say whatever it is that we want them to say. And you and I ought not be so immature that we only want yes men and yes women to be in our corner. I need people that don't always agree with me. I need people who can say, listen, pastor, have you ever considered it this way? I 
need people in my life who will tell me what thus saith the Lord. I need people in my life that will challenge me. I need people in my life that are going to stretch me. I don't need anybody just going along to get along, but I'm trying to function better. Is there a witness in the house? You want to function better and you need somebody that's going to stretch you and challenge you. And if it's been a long time since you worked out, when you start getting stretched, when you start stretching muscles, you ain't used in a long time. I'm here to tell you, brother, sister, it's going to hurt when you start using muscles you ain't used in a long time. But hear me, it's going to help you. Well, yes, it is. It's, it's going to help you. Text says, text says, David became Saul's armor bearer. That's, that's right there in verse 21. It said, David, David, David became Saul's armor bearer. David, David, he became Saul's armor bearer. In other words, David did not start off as Saul's armor bearer. David did not start off in the palace with King Saul. He may became implies that this was something David worked himself up and into. Hear me, it did not happen automatically. If you'll stay with me through this text, y'all hear me. It did not happen automatically. He became Saul's armor bearer. Too many people think they have a right to do certain things without showing any evidence of their ability, gifts, and graces to do it. Some people think they have a right to the position because of who their mama and daddy is. I mean, some people think they got a right because of what their last name is. Some people think they got a right because they got the right connections, but somebody needs to understand. David became Saul's armor bearer over time and not because he believed he had a right to be his armor bearer. People's, people think that they have a right to it. But I'm here to tell you, David became, he became, people's, people name us all kinds of things that we've never become. Did you hear what I, people name us all kinds of things that we have never become. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't want nobody to name me anything. That I have not become. Hear me, be careful putting your lips on me. Naming me something that God has not named me. Be careful of naming people anything that they have not become yet. We want somebody to see something in us that is noteworthy of our becoming but hear me if you don't see it in me I have no right to demand 
did I become this, that, and the other. Became means after some time, after, after some testing, after some watching. You don't want to be named something that, that you're not capable of becoming. Question is, how did David become a candidate for this assignment? I'm so glad you and Wesley that you asked. Hear me first what David did or what he what he possessed was David was a man of worship. Did you hear what I said? His worship had become his witness. Do you hear me? They selected David because they had witnessed him worshiping. The text says they're looking for somebody who has an anointing to run off evil. I'm in the text, y'all. I'm not making this thing up. Who can run off evil spirits? And hear me, there is no psychotherapy that can do that. There, there are no prescriptions that you can take that can do that. Listen, there is no way to run evil spirits unless you have a worship spirit that's able to overcome with God's help evil spirits. Hear me somebody, the text says in verse 17, he is skillful in the lyre or the harp. He is skillful in worship. David did not get this assignment because of his talent. He got it because of his worship. And somebody needs to understand talent is good. But talent ain't enough. Hear me, there's some things that God calls us to do that, listen, you can have all the talent in the world. If you don't have uh, the spirit of God on the inside, you don't have what it takes to do what God is trying to get done. I'm here to tell somebody talent will only take you so far. And the problem is we got so many talented people that we elevate talent. But really they ain't got the spirit. That's why you can hear them sing on the one hand, but it's just like singing in a nightclub. You need to understand it takes the spirit of almighty God to fall afresh on you so that God can use you. Use me. As God wants to use us, God wants people in position. Not for their talent, but God wants people in position because of their devotion to God. I mean, not to the pastor, but they're devoted to God. We, we get it messed up. We get devoted to the title. So if you don't have the title, then you can't do it anymore. Hear me, if, if I don't have a title, I'm so devoted to God. That I can do what God wants me to do, whether I got a title or a position or not. Hear me, our devotion is to God. Because my devotion is to God, I don't have to have title. I don't have to have position to be devoted to God. I'm loyal to God. My fidelity is to him. My dedication is to God. Are you listening to me, Union Wesley? You and I must know that we are called to worship God. And people will witness your worship. 
Hear me, I'm not talking about talking back to the preacher. I'm not talking about running around the aisles of the church. I'm not talking about shouting. I'm not talking about dancing. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. A whole lot of people do a whole lot of that. But it don't mean nothing. I'm talking about worship. Where you got a relationship with the Lord for yourself. And it's more than just a Sunday relationship. But you got a relationship, I'm about to quote somebody, that got a relationship with God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even Sunday morning. You got a relationship with God. Are you with me, Union Wesley? David, David knows what it means, catch me somebody, to tame his tongue. I knew I wasn't going to get any amens. Why did he get this? He knew what it means to tame his tongue. It's verse, it's verse number 18, David in the New English translation, it says he is prudent in speech. In the English vernacular, we think the word prudent means wise. But hear me, prudent here really means David knows what to see, but not to say. David knows that, that just because you see something doesn't always mean that you can say something about what it is that you see. He knows what to see and not to repeat. Hear me, remember, catch me somebody, remember this is an assignment for the king of Israel whose name is Saul. And if word gets out that the king is crazy, it will tear up the whole kingdom. So they need somebody who can see the king in his craziness and not repeat what he sees with everybody else. When the evil spirit would come on Saul the king, David would go in that room that nobody else could go in that room but David and Saul. David saw some crazy stuff. David saw some things that Saul did that nobody else would know unless David told you what he did. Hear me? You need people who can see your flaws but they don't go back blabbing their mouth telling everybody about every fall and every issue that you got. Our world lives in a messed up kind of way. We go back and tell everybody everything we saw and everything we heard. Hear me somebody, sometimes you need to go back to the one who has the flaw. Talk to him, talk to her, but you ought not go back telling everybody what you saw and what you heard. See, God doesn't do us like that, somebody. God does not see what we do and then expose it and tell everybody. Somebody needs to thank the Lord today for his grace and his mercy. Hear me, folk wouldn't be following you right now if they knew what the Lord knows. You ought to be glad today that God gives us grace and mercy. Look at how mature David is. David had already been anointed the next king and David has something on the current king. Hear me, David has so much respect for the office of king that David protects the king instead of destroying the king God is looking for somebody who can see it but you don't always have to blab it we think we got some juicy piece of gossip we 
think we got something to share that, that nobody else knows. Hear me, David, David, Jason, David knows how to manage messy moments is what he does. Did you hear what I said? I said, David, he knows how to manage messy moments. This was a messy, messy moment. He knows things about Saul that nobody else knows. It's a messy moment, but David knows how to handle messy moments. And sometimes what we do is we make messy moments worse. David knows how to handle this messy. I mean, it's a messy moment. David doesn't go back blabbing and sharing with everybody else what he sees. And what he knows that, that is factual about Saul who is the king are you with me Union Wesley he sees but he does not he does not repeat the flaws that Saul has Union Wesley I'm, I'm, I'm done but again I say he knows how to manage messy moments Bible says that David is a man of valor and he's a man of war all of us know that David kept sheep I'm done he knows nothing or we know nothing about him being a man of valor at this point in the text David had some victories with bears and lions while tending sheep that nobody knew about and hear me somebody we have victories too that nobody knows about but hear me David did not know that that somebody must have been watching Somebody must have been peeping in his window, looking at the battles that he had to fight with the bear and the lion, but he thought nobody was looking. Hear me somebody, somebody saw David fighting these animals. Somebody saw David protecting the sheep. Hear me, you know that somebody is always watching you. Even when you think nobody is watching, you better know somebody is looking I'm trying to help somebody right here hear me your next promotion or your elevation will be because somebody was watching you that you didn't think nobody saw you so be careful what you do when you think nobody is looking hear me somebody will get promoted somebody will get elevation somebody will receive more because of what somebody else saw when you saw nobody looking so hear me do your best when you think nobody is looking give it your all when you think nobody has their eyes on you don't take any shortcuts because you think nobody sees you hear me word got out and if word got out about david and the battle that's the reason that David finds himself in the position that he's in. Word got out. If you mess with the sheep, David will fight you for his sheep. Hear me, word got out. David will kill you over his sheep. Hear me, somebody, word will get out when you're faithful and you do it. As if you do it unto the Lord we need leaders who are sold out for God and his sheep that will fight you for the sheep don't mess 
with the sheep of God because I fight you over sheep hear me somebody don't mess with my spouse I'll fight you over my spouse don't mess with my children I'll fight you over my children don't mess with my church I'll fight you over my church I'm so glad Jesus is the good shepherd who loved his sheep so much he loved them so much he laid down his life he died for his sheep and while we are yet sinners the Bible declares Christ died for us he loves us I don't care what the situation might say he loves you and he'll protect you he'll watch over you hear me you will get through what you may not think you can get through because the Lord he'll fight over you amen he'll protect you he'll build a hedge a protection around you go on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise right there the enemy wants you to think that it's done it's over you ain't gonna make it out of this but the devil is a liar he loves you and he loves me he protects his sheep he shields his sheep and we thank God he has anointed me he's anointed you for this 